This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. Well, hi, everybody. I am Glenn the Geek with the Horse Radio Network, and welcome back to our Facebook Live coverage of the coronavirus as it affects the horse world. And uh, we were supposed to have two guests tonight, but one of them got caught at the vet's office today. We all know how that is. Uh, Rachel Shackerford was supposed to join us tonight, but she got hung up at the vet's office and isn't home yet. She was trying to get home in time, but didn't make it. So we'll try and get her on another night. She did an interesting post. She's an endurance rider. And a general badass. I mean, she drive. I don't think she's very tall, and she drives a lumber truck for a living. You know, yeah, she she's a badass. <laughs> so um, she she was going to join us. She has a uh, very unique disease and an auto autoimmune disease, and you know she's pretty young. And she did post the other day on her Facebook page that says, "Hey, look, everybody has to." Make sure you pay attention, what, no matter what age you are. If you're a young person and don't think you can get this, well, maybe one of your friends can, and your friend can die from it. And it could be your fault that that's transmitted to your friend because you weren't following the rules. So, you know, I think that that's something that uh, an important message I want to hear from her. And hopefully we'll get her on uh, another night to do that. A couple things before I introduce Shauna here officially is we have uh, we have Bill Maroney coming on tomorrow night. He is the CEO of U.S. Equestrian. The USEF is joining us and maybe another guest uh, from the USEF to talk about what kind of mess that is over there right now and how they're dealing with all this stuff that's going on. I can't imagine you know, being the president of anything right now, um, let alone the organization that runs all horse sport that has been canceled. You know, he has to be going through a lot. We're going to get, uh, you know, his impressions of where we're at, where we're going and, and what's going to happen in the future. Uh, we just heard that, uh, not officially, but it looks like the Olympics is going to be postponed. I don't think they had any choice. It had to happen. Um, so I think that that's, that's one of the big news items of the day. More and more states are shutting down. More and more of you out there cannot get to, can, just can't get to the barn because you're not allowed to go to the barn anymore. And we feel for you there. That's why. And, but those of you that are in, you know, the same place as your horse, or you can still get to the barn, Shauna's got some stuff we're going to talk about. This is Shauna. She is of Equine Clicker 101, one of the terrific shows here on the Horse Radio Network. It's kind of a different show for us. And she's also, the founder of On Target Training. Shauna knows more about target training and clicker training than pretty much anybody in the country when it comes to animals. And Shauna, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, it is so fun to be here. And you and I go so far back that it we is, do. it's fun to be here. I think you came on one of our shows 10, 12 years ago. I mean, it was a long time ago. And I think I'd been bugging you about doing your own show for about 10 or 12 years. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, I got on the ball. I am persistent. I am persistent. If nothing else, I'm persistent. So hi, Janet and uh, Jill and everybody that's joining us now. We're going to what we're going to do tonight is something that uh, hopefully is, is not so depressing as the rest of the news here. This is something fun and, and some little things that you can do fun with your horse while you're at home and spending all this time with them because you can't ride them every minute of every day. You, you want to give your horse a break every once in a while. Right, Shona? 
That's right. And I even heard some like a doctors and things saying, and don't be riding your horse because if you break your leg, we don't want to see you in the ER. So there's that too. (laughs) How many of our listeners and viewers today do you think are listening to that message? About (laughs) zero. Yeah. We ever though as horse people. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> we go in and they say, stay off your you can't ride for four weeks. And we're like, uh-huh. <laughs> so, so let me explain your show quick and then we'll we'll give some tips. We'll give some fun things you can do with your horse and and maybe somebody else in the family I heard. Uh so it's a rumor. And that might tie back to Bing Bang, and I'll explain how too. So um Shauna's show is a little bit different than all the other shows on our network. It's actually a lesson and you want to go back and start at episode one. So if you go to equine clicker 101 on any podcast player, go back to episode one and start from the beginning because Shauna walks you through clicker or target training your horse from step one. She guides you through it. It's like a lesson plan, but it's free. It's a free lesson plan. You and it, how many episodes are you up to now? I think it's 33 now. So you have 33 lessons you can do with your horse right there. But tonight, we're going to talk about some quick and easy and down and dirty things you can do, right? And I have no idea what you're going to talk about. So this will be fun for me, too. <laughs> okay, yes. And I think it's important for people to remember that, or not even remember. For some of you, you're just going to learn this. Doing positive reinforcement is really big for your horse's uh it's a what we call environmental enrichment. It fulfills their day. It, it uses their different senses. So it makes them mentally have a more complete and mental engagement. So it is actually good for your horses. And that's why we do it a lot with zoo animals even. So it is an environmental enrichment unto itself. So even if you're just going back to lesson one and you're going to start teaching them about the clicker or a bridge signal, you can go do that. And I'll tell you why it's important in that lesson. I'm not going to go over it here. Or you want to do the target training or liberty leading or some of the really basic pieces. It That unto itself is going to lend a lot to your horse's uh, you know, mental engagement. And it's really important. Like one of the things I did with John and BZ, I started with them, is we would have horses that were on stall rest. And I would simply go in and do target training and the clicker, and they would come out really sensible and sane. So that's an important thing to keep in mind. So I'm going to presume your horse knows those things. So as we talk about these next pieces, I want you to think about that. If you don't know it, go back and look at, listen to those lessons, and they will they will help you understand more about it. But one, I'm going to teach you just a couple fun, super duper easy things to do. And one, the first one I'm going to talk about is doing what I call a spin. So it's not like a reigning spin because that's a little too fancy. But <laughs> it's going to be a basic spin. So when I'm standing in front of my horse, I can just say spin. And they kind of walk this little circle and come right back to me. So they walk it in place. So a spin is just silly and it's fun, but it's something that you can teach really, really quickly. So what we I use for that is I'll take a traffic cone and I will put a target, which is basically just like a, a marine fishing net float on a stick or whatever else you want it to be. Because it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be the same target I use. I would just use a color that is easy for them to see, which includes blue, yellow, and white. So did you know they can't really see orange? Like, you know, yeah. those bright orange traffic cones that we think just stand out and they're just camouflage color. You can put a diachromatic filter on a picture 
and you can see what it looks like from your horse's view, and it's really different. So the um, putting, so I, that's what I use for that. Is I put the, I call the target. It's a mobile stationary target because you can stay in one place, but you can move it. So what I'll start doing is making sure my horse knows to go to those targets. That is super duper easy. So if you haven't started that, teaching a target and going to a target in a cone is a really easy and fun lesson that there, there's a thousand things you can use it for. So that one would be, I think, episode lesson three, where you can learn more about that one. But so I have the, the target and the cone and the horse knows when I say target, they go to the target. That's really simple. So what I do is I start with it at like a, a 90 degree angle. So the cone is right. The horse and I are standing. The horse is like this. The cone is here and we're just standing. And so as I say target, they walk this quarter circle to go to the target. And then I click because they're going to the target. And then they come back to me and I reinforce them. And then what I do is move somewhere. And when that's consistent, I remove where we're a little bit further away. So we've opened up that circle a little bit more than 90 degrees. And I say target. And then pretty soon I open it up a little bit more. And then pretty soon I start shifting to say spin. And as I step in that direction, they will go find that target. And when I get to the point where we're 180 degrees, as soon as I get them to do that, I start trying to duck to the other side so I catch their other eye. And it is really, really simple. It's not a hard thing to do. I'd say the trickiest part is kind of slinking to the other side because once that other eye sees you, they continue the circle the rest of the way. So it is not hard at all. And you've got a spin in there really, really quickly. Because now, for each step of that, you're reinforcing them. Now, some people use treats. Other people don't believe, believe in treats, but they might use pats or rubs, you know, uh, uh, some kind of reinforcement that they did a good job. Yes. And, okay. and, and food is going to be the most valuable. So you're going to make the most progress with the food. And you can fade it later. But at this point in time, I would use the food as much as you can. If your horse loves scratches, that'll help too. But some horses, you know, they're like, meh. I'm a yeah. thoroughbred. Don't touch me. <laughs> so I have to you have your work cut out for you. So by using food, and it doesn't mean you have to use a treat. I think this is really important too. I'll use kind of some of the same food that they eat in the day. So it doesn't have to be this big sugary, you know, special cookie. It can just be some hay pellets, some alfalfa pellets, some, some feed, some grain that they get. So whatever you have, just have it on your person. And then as you send them, you can use some of that food. And then, you know, you're working kind of within their diet. Because, of course, some of us have insulin horses, insulin resistance, and have to think about their diet as well. So I tend to work with something they're already eating and I'm feeling good about. So, so utilizing some food will be your strongest motivator, but scratches might be a motivator for your horse. And, and there you go. So it goes really fast. And this is usually something I can teach. This stage of it usually can be taught in one lesson. I mean, and my lessons are like five to 10 minutes. So they tend to get it very quickly. I stick in that same direction at first. But when I feel like they've got it that part and I can get to the other side and call them the rest of the way, then I would, and that's pretty consistent, then I would start going the other direction. Now, here's a little catch in here that for those of you who know anything about positive reinforcement, what you want to do is be clicking on the action that you want to see more of. So in the beginning, I'm actually taking walking 
to the target as opposed to actually touching the target because I want to fade that target. So I want to go, yes, just go to the target. That's great. Go to the target. So it's actually right before they get there. And I then when some, most that, of us click too late, don't we? Yes. And we, we click when they get to the target. Yeah. And you know, they're like, well, now you've drawn a lot more attention to the target. It'll be harder to fade out. And, you, and you've also clicked when they're stopping. You know, so now they're like going and stop and stop. And I want to go, no, it's the walking. And I try to click more on the front feet moving than the back feet because I don't want them swinging their hind end. I want them thinking about moving their front feet. So and once I get them where they're going to that side and I get to the other side and they finish, as soon as I feel like they're coming off the target and they go, oh, there you are. I'm going to start clicking that part. So they realize it's that kind of going past the target and coming to me. That is the important part. So that and when that is going good, then what I start doing is backing up like a foot. So they're a little bit off of the target now and then a little bit further off until they'll just do it without the target. But when you go that other direction, go back where the target is nearby to help create behavior. Because that's the point of the target is to create behavior. It's not really... People use it like a crutch sometimes. And I'm like, it should be a clue for your horse, not a crutch. And so mm -hmm. that's really, I think, important to th think about the fact that you're going to fade it. But it's a really simple thing to do. And one of the things that's really important for a lot of horses is, for a lot of animals, actually, it's even been said in scientific circles that choice and having the freedom to choose actually can be a, a primary reinforcer. So that they have the choice to do this or not do this is actually quite empowering for your horse. And so it's a it's a really fun thing for them to do. And you'll find that they are enjoying it and, and liking it. So the spin is one simple thing that we can do. Another simple thing that we can do, and you're already going to know how to do this, but I'll teach them a lot of times to lift up their leg and hold their leg up without me touching, without me holding it. They just will pick it up and stand and hold their own leg up. And that's actually really useful in a lot of situations. But that's one of the things I will teach them to do. So you just start as you would as you're going to pick up their foot. I mean, a lot of horses do anticipate this a bit. But I start to then fade it away where all I can do, I can just say foot and point and they will lift it. And then they'll want to put it right back down. So I give them another cue right away until they get the idea to keep it up a little bit. So it's building a little duration on that behavior, which is actually, again, it's a thing that gives them choice and, and it can help you in a lot of situations. Now, if they had a problem with hoof care, then there's an episode for that. We have lesson for that that's proper. But in this situation, I'm saying, what little fun things can we do to teach our so horse? How do you so how do you teach them? What are the cues to teach them to do that? So what I'll do is, okay, so the horse is standing and I will start touching kind of high until I go down until they get the idea to lift it. So I've, I want to start where I'm as far as I can, but I want to figure out how far do I have to go until you get it. A lot of times we go all the way to the foot and then ask for it and hold it. But in this situation, I want to see them doing it without me doing as much. So, so I you, are you in the front of the horse? Uh, describe it to me. I, I think I'm a little confused. I, I think I do it. Now we all do feet a little different. Yeah. Some people are going to do it with the horse's head here and we're facing back. Yeah. And you can do that and go that way. I also do it. I do it both ways. If I'm picking the hoof, I'm going that direction. Right. But sometimes I'm asking for the foot and I am directly at the side. 
or even kind of facing forward with the hoof. So I, you can try it any way that you think will help set your horse up for success. So if they're really used to you facing backwards with them, I'd start like that because that'll have the horse thinking, oh, she's going to want my foot. I know what to do with that. So then you can just start seeing how far do you have to go before you, they will actually lift their hoof. If I have to go all the way down to, to you know, whatever degree you go to, that's okay. I would reinforce it and I put it, let it put it back down. And then I try again from the upper part, reinforce it and then put it back down. And pretty soon, even within that session and the repetition, they're going to get the idea. I know what you're looking for. You're looking for my foot. So as you start to touch it, they're going to go, I know. And so as you can fade that out to being less. So I don't work on duration first. I work on getting the cue to be subtler and subtler and subtler where they're lifting it up from a verbal and just a point. So I will start there. But I'll also take the very first time I see them bend their knee. You know, you can see them going, I think this. And I go, yes, <laughs> I like what you're thinking. And so I will click that and go, that's the idea. And then I will get it to where they can lift it up. And then they're just going to be starting to just put it back down. And then I'll recue it immediately, even before they start to put it back down to get them to think about keeping it up and building that duration. So it's a super practical thing to have. It's also very, um, it's also very easy. And it can be one of the things that when I'm like, let's say I'm out and we're walking and the horse gets startled by something and every behavior that's been taught with positive reinforcement tends to become classically conditioned where it brings them back to the good place. It's endorphins, it's dopamines, and it's even a sense of safety. I talk about that in the target um, lesson, but it is a bit of a sense of safety. So if I feel like they're going, what's going on over there? And I'll be like, Hey, Murray, can you lift your leg? And I can see him go, okay, yeah, I can lift my leg. So it's a way I can bring, get him to kind of come back to me and engage with me. So to me, it is a very easy tool to use when I'm all over the place. They can be on a lead rope and do this. You know, we can be on the trailer. We could be on the trail, whatever it might be. So I think it's a great exercise for that purpose too. So we're just uh, playing showing off to your friends. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Look how I'm the smartest horse in the world. <laughs> I think it's really funny. I worked with you know Olympic athletes and things, and they will have um, that will work on training. You know, the target training and the clicker where I teach the manners and keep your head away. And they'll be like, "I have the smartest horse in the world," and you're like, "Mm-hmm." <laughs> and, then, and little Binky the pony, he got that just as fast. And so it's funny to see people be so impressed by this little piece where you're like it's it's not that big of a deal you know if i'm doing a demo and so i have 45 minutes at an expo to demonstrate something big with a horse who's not going to know anything you know it's not like i have my own horse and i can go and now we'll do this and i'll just say hey get me bring me a horse who is almost food aggressive and then Within a minute, they're like, and I keep my head to myself. <laughs> People think it's brilliant. And you're like, it is so simple, but it is, it's very demonstrative, I think. Okay, one other thing um, that you could do is, is a smile. A smile is a very easy thing to do. A lot of times I just start tickling their lip until I see them kind of twitch their lip. And then I click for that and then feed and then click for that and then feed. And then pretty soon you'll see them kind of trying to reach out for your finger with their lip. 
So that's a very simple one that you can do. So a lot of times it's also kind of triggering their flaming response a little bit, but but it's still, it's teaching them to do it where you can just have them do it. It's super now, simple. Are you doing vocal cues the whole time too, so that you can say lip eventually and they're going to get it or yes. not? Yes. Okay. And I was, I tend to say smile because I, yeah, whatever. And, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And I like to also have it on just the hand cue too. So okay. I have the hand and the, so that you can. But eventually talking. you won't have to touch them. No, no, exactly. Yeah. You'll just have to. And I taught my horses because I didn't want it to look like the flame and response. So I taught them first to put, to touch their chin to my finger so that they learn to keep their head down. And so they'd smile kind of like more like a proper smile versus that stretched out smile. Mm -hmm. So it looks more humany. And so I just put the finger there and they start going, I know what to do with that. So my cues got the little convoluted, but that's all right. I don't care. I think, you know, they, you know, like they say about the cobras kids, people like your dog must know everything. I'm like, no, she doesn't. <laughs> well, for those of you just joining us, Sean is here. She is with on target training and equine clicker one Oh one, the podcast. Uh, and, uh, I just wanted to, if you're just joining us too, Rachel, unfortunately was supposed to be here tonight, Rachel Shackelford to talk a little bit about, uh, why young people should be concerned about, uh, coronavirus. And she got stuck at the vets today and didn't make it home in time. So she apologizes and she, she hopefully will be here with us later in the week. Uh, and we will have, uh, of course, Bill Maroney, uh, CEO of us equestrian on tomorrow night. So, uh, you had, uh, you had told my wife that there was something you could do. Let's say, okay, now your your horse is away at the barn and you're not allowed to go there because you're in quarantine and no, you know, you're going through withdrawal and your husband's being a pain in the butt. So now, is there some way you can train the husband? Now I know, see, I'm gonna go back to Big Bang Theory for all you Big Bang Theory fans. Bazinga. I'm gonna go back to Big Bang Theory because um he, you know, what happened there was one of the particular characters, Penny, was trained uh, through the use of chocolate in this manner. So it was positive reinforcement to get Penny to do what uh, they wanted her to do through positive reinforcement. And that was chocolate. And by the way, I can say that you use chocolate and you're giving me 25 of those a day. I'll do whatever you want. So it'll <laughs> you know, work for me, too. <laughs> so yes you can work with your cat you can work with your dog you can work with your husband or your wife okay. depending on what you want okay. them to do so for example let's say your husband doesn't put his laundry in the laundry basket well what you would do is you try to help that one you'd have to you have to think about what your reinforcers are going to be so you can have a verbal reinforcer that is encouraging but you can have chocolates which are going to be very important or for some people, it might be shots, you know, or something else. It might be. Well, after else. 10, of the, 10 tequila shots, they will do anything you want them to do at that point. So, <laughs> and then, so you can, what, what you do is you just have to take the approximations, and pretty soon you're reinforcing, because this is, you're reinforcing what and you What do you mean do. by take the approximation? Just clarify. Okay. So let's say, um, you have the, you know, you're there and you ask your husband to put his socks away. Now you have to be paying attention when he does it and you need to reinforce him for it. There's two ways that you can get behavior. You can 
use something that prompts a behavior, like that would be a verbal thing, which would kind of be a target in a way, because we don't have a verbal language with our horses, dogs, or cats so much. So we use a target to help create things. With humans, we do have verbal language. So you could say, would you please put your things away? Even when they get it and they lift the hamper, that's when I would click. And then they lift the lid and start to put it in. I would click and offer some sort of reward. And you can change your rewards up. So you got to be creative there. There's other things besides shots and chocolates that you might use that could be quite encouraging. So mix it up. You know, sometimes it's chocolate because variability is more reinforcing even than consistency. Because you know, I might be like, I just had a whole bunch of chocolates. I'm not really into chocolates. Or I've had a whole bunch of shots and I'm, I'm passed out now. <laughs> <laughs> so you can use other things. But this is one of the things people forget. This isn't animal behavior. This is applied learning theory, and it applies to everybody and everything. Did you know they actually use the clicker on um, like surgeons and gymnasts and swimmers? And they so they'll like with the surgeons when the surgeons are learning how to do some technical moves and they're working on a cadaver. Let's keep in mind. And so they have them doing their technical moves, but it's rather a long process to develop that skill. They'll get clicked when they get it just right. And oh, instead, of, instead of talk to because they're concentrating. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yes. And what we found is that the um, they found that the verbal tends to already have a history. So it is not as effective as the click, which means one thing. So it could means be you got it right. Continue. Exactly. Versus like, well, you just said good job to me, but you said excellent job to him. So were you just saying that, you know, there's just, Oh yeah. Then you're too, thinking it causes yeah. thinking. Yeah. <laughs> too much in there or your mother said it when you were little, you know, whatever, but they do that. So they use with surgeons, they will use the clicker or they've used it like with gymnasts. So when you have moves that are happening so fast and you want the gymnasts to keep their shoulders down and they keep lifting them up or I don't know, whatever it might be. And when they do it, when they have the shoulders down, they'll click that particular piece. So they'll tell them what they're looking for briefly. And then you can draw attention to that moment time so they can think that's what that feels like. So it is not unheard of to use it with people, but it is, uh, but you do have to vary your reinforcements a little bit and, and think of what you do want to see. What we want to do is we tend to focus on what we don't want to see. So instead of saying, don't leave your clothes there, think about how can I get him to put his clothes away or your wife to make you your favorite dinner or whatever, whatever it might be, you see. <laughs> well, I, Janet had a question. Can you use the same clicker uh, as for dogs? My dog was scared to death of the clicker and would run underneath something and not come out. <laughs> Like yeah. in the back there, your dog's in the back there hiding. She is. She's <laughs> three legs. So she's oh. really, and she's 11 and a half now. So she's, oh no. Yeah, she's geriatric. Don't, don't tell her. Say it loud. Yeah. Yes. Yes, but using the, definitely it is the same clicker. And you know what? Sometimes some horses don't like it either. I think it reminds them of like a, electric fence or something. So what I'll do is I'll put it like deep in my pockets and kind of squish it down in my hand. So it's less, less noisy. Or I put it like where my butt and my leg hit that didn't used to be a fold, but now I can put it in that little fold and muffle it a little bit if it's summertime and I don't have uh, pockets on, but you can do stuff to muffle it at first until it gets 
they get used to it and then they won't mind it being louder and louder and louder because it's been paired with food. So it's kind of called counter conditioning. So definitely it's the same clicker. And you know what? With the marine mammals, we didn't call it clicker training. That is a dog term. And we didn't use clickers with the marine mammals. We use high pitch whistles or our verbal bridge signal. But I like the clicker for horses because it, it's very distinct and it can be heard over a canter. It can be heard over a jump. It can be heard across the paddock. So I think it's very um, loud and useful once it's not terrifying. <laughs> right. All right. Emily said, any suggestion for the horse who likes to mouth softly nibble the target? Yes. Okay. So I'm going to say this is. I would probably be my hackney pony would do that all the time. Yeah. Probably. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of them that actually do it. Okay. This is an eyeglass holder, but I'm going to use it as a target. So if you hold it here, a lot of horses, as they start to go to it, it's down there where it's easy to bite. So what I start doing, if I have one who's a bit of a mouther, I hold it up. So they start touching it. They start coming up to it, which is touching their nose and they stop the biting. And then eventually I get it out here so that they then learn to go to it. But you've kind of broken that habit because it can, it can be what they call a superstitious behavior where they think this is part of it. And so this is what I'm going to do because this is how it works. So it's so breaking that habit and getting them so they get the idea that it is just touching it. So going, having it come up to it breaks that habit. And then I will move towards getting them to, to hold it back out in front. And then eventually it can be down lower again. And you can even build a little bit of duration with that, a touch. Um, so they kind of hold a little bit. And it makes it, I have to keep doing it so that it gives you a little bit more duration. And they learn this is a calmer thing, not such an activity. And I bet, yeah, I would pay attention. Does that particular horse, does he think it's all rather active and fun and busy? Because sometimes us humans, I'd say this is a number one issue we do when we do the positive reinforcement. We start and we make it an activity. So they're like, I love this. This is fun. What do I have to do? What do I have to do? What do I have to do? So they want to do too much. They want to grab things. They want to bite. They want to engage. They want to want to want to. So bringing it back down and looking for the moments where you shape it to quiet, which again, it's going to be lesson number one and two. We'll remind you how to do it, but we get excited. So we start making it all about the stuff as opposed to the quiet. So that your horse might be one of those ones that thinks it's all busy and fun. So, so just kind of think about that. And we have one on impulse control. So there's a lesson there that may help you. It may or may not be it, but directly dealing with the target, that would be my suggestion. What happens, uh, and this is the question we always get when we talk about uh, target training, and especially when you're reinforcing with food, what happens with the ones that are just become food aggressive to your hand? They're just, you know. Yes. And, and they're, okay, so if, they, if they're a little, there's some horses that it, they'll get kind of, I feel them ramp up a little bit. And that means I don't have relaxation. So I go back to thinking about the relaxation. But there's still a couple tools I do. I teach it like a behavior. So if I have those ones that go, you know, yeah. and, they're, and you're like, okay, ow, you know, I will, I will actually gently, as I'm feeding, I raise my hand. So they have to back off to get it. And it tends to stop them from doing that. Huh. So, I, that so that's one little trick because I have a few little things. But the other thing I do is I feed them a fair share. So their, their mouth is full because a lot of times it's those ones that feel a little desperate, like I may not be enough. 
So I make sure they're getting a lot. Don't worry, you're going to get plenty. But when they have a full mouth and then I present the food, they're like, yeah, okay. And they take it much softer. I click and I reinforce and I click and I reinforce. So I teach them, you take the food softly, you'll get more food. So I will also use that sometimes to help me help me get past that with them because it's usually just a phase they go through. If you have one that gets more, does it more as he's going along, that means there's tension in there somewhere. So I would go back to those relaxation, impulse control, the softness, the relaxation, the quiet so that they get the idea. So it's just them getting ramped up <laughs> like easy does it. So I go back to saying, let's settle down and let's quiet a little bit. So there. All right, good. Any, if there are any other questions, we're going to be wrapping up soon, but uh, we would, uh, we would love to hear questions. Emily says she's a young, fast moving horse that throws behaviors. And my daughter is a newbie uh, R plus trainer. Thanks a bunch. So there you go. Uh, you know, that kind of uh, yeah. explained it there. And yeah, and go back. If you want to go listen to lessons one and two and yeah, lessons one and two will help you a little bit with kind of going back to, because if she's throwing behaviors, what it tells you, because if any behavior increases or that maintains a frequency, something's reinforcing it. So it basically says it's more reinforcing to do stuff than it is to stand quietly. So I just try to rebalance. So there's a lot of weight that says do stuff and not a lot of weight that says stand quietly and it's in her nature. So then I want to start making it where it's more reinforcing to actually stand quietly. So that's all it's telling you. So I don't worry about it. I just think, well, what do I want to see? And then I focus on that bit. So there's some tips in the, in the podcast that can help you, but that is, it's not uncommon. And I love the thoroughbreds. I love the fast moving horses. I love sport horses, which have a lot of energy. So I'm no stranger to that. But I've learned how do I balance that out? How do I still have that energy when I want it, but also get it where we can kind of shift back down we need to. So I think that's you you can help get that balance a little bit better. But it's all fun and it means she loves it. So you're off to a great start. And excuse me, Vicky says I've been using uh, the target for carrot stretches working great. So there you go. go. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> that's great well you can find that podcast it's equine clicker 101 on all your podcast players or, or you can find it on the horse radio network uh also you can at uh, horse radio network.com and we have our own app a matter of fact tonight for the first time we're streaming live the facebook lives to the horse radio network audio feed so if you want to listen to these facebook lives but you're not in front of the computer you can listen on our audio feed as well and you can find that download the horse radio network app on just go to the app store and search for horse radio network download it and at the top of that app you'll see live and when we're live you click it and you'll see you'll hear us through your phone and whether you're driving or out playing with your horses and that's what you do with uh with shauna's podcast is because she actually has you during the podcast go out to your horse and you do live it's a live lesson she has you do the things that you're supposed to do and you do them while you're listening so it's kind of a unique uh, podcast in that way and uh it's a lot of fun and you got 33 lessons to catch up on people so get to work. <laughs> well tomorrow uh, i wanted to ask you shauna before we go you're in new mexico yes and so what are things like there where you are what part of new mexico santa fe new mexico so what so, are things, are you in lockdown or is Santa Fe ignoring well, this whole thing or what? They have, they, they have, at first there weren't any and I was out and about and going to Florida and California and Davey said, you're going to be patient zero in New Mexico. 
Luckily, I'm not. But uh, we had uh, we had a three o'clock, so about 38 minutes ago, our time. The governor was having a, an announcement about shelter in place. So I imagine things have changed, and we're probably are on lockdown in the past 38 minutes. <laughs> but we we've closed our barn to the borders, and just you know, we've been really proactive about it because you just see, you know, it's everywhere, and it's. It's helping us, but it's then helping us not to spread it so we can get past this all the faster. So, and so that's the key yeah. in, in doing all of this is we want to get past it faster. And I think a lot of people don't realize that, that they, they just look at it as an inconvenience now. What's going to be an inconvenience for months if we don't? Yeah. So, yep. And Janet says, where do we start all podcasts on HRN? You can go to Equine Clicker. If you go to HRN, there, there there's a separate feed for Equine Clicker, and it's on all of your podcast players. So Equine Clicker 101, you'll find it on any podcast player. And it's also on the Horse Radio Network app. They can just find it there, and you can go back to episode number one. So that's no problem at all. Uh, and tomorrow, as I said, we're going to have uh, CEO of U.S. Equestrian, the USEF, on with us. And I think somebody else is going to be joining us. I, I'm waiting for confirmation on that. And we're going to be talking about where we go. Where's the sport at right now? Where are all the sports in, in the horse world? Um, you know, I, they had a 30-day uh, clampdown, but I think that's, you know, that's not too long from now when that expires. And obviously, they're going to have to look at renewing that as far as shows are concerned, because we're not we're not anywhere close to over this as we were 15, 20 days ago. Right. Um, so I'm excited to hear what he has to say about that. And then Wednesday night is, of course, our concert. Everybody needs to join us. It's the first Horse Radio Network concert, hopefully of a series that we're going to do. It's to help take your mind off of all this stuff serious coverage and, and some interesting things around Corona here uh, on the Facebook live, but then Wednesday night, eight o'clock Eastern time, join us live. We want to get thousands of horse people live forgetting about the world and listening to Templeton Thompson and Sam Gay. You all know Templeton. She is one of the most popular singers in the horse world, has written more songs about horses than almost anybody else. You all know her from girls and horses. One of her most favorite famous songs that's gone viral and when I get that pony road was another video that uh, did very well. She's going to be here along with some special guests and we're going to just put on a concert. She's going to sing a bunch of songs with her husband and we're going to have some fun. We're giving away prizes. Coro, the retailer is giving away the equestrian retailer is giving away five $50, 50 gift certificates. And we're going to give those away between songs to live listeners. So, um, definitely, uh, Definitely join in live so that you have a chance of winning. Share it. I'm asking you, anybody, if you're watching this video, go right now to Horses in the Morning or, or Horse Radio Network. At the top of the page, You will their Facebook page, either, either one, Horse Radio Network or Horses in the Morning, you'll see the event for the, for, for the concert on Wednesday night. Please share it. Say you're coming and join us. Share it on your page. Share it on any any horse page you can think of. We just want to get as many people having a good time and forgetting about viruses as we can for an hour and a half on Wednesday night. And that's at eight o'clock. So we look forward to seeing you there. We're going to be doing it much like this. Uh, and hopefully we have some videos to play for you too, of some very special people in the horse world. So we have a lot of things planned for that night, but mostly it's just going to be music.
And Templeton's very excited, and we're very excited to have you enjoy with us. That's on Wednesday night, 8 o'clock here at the Horses in the Morning Facebook page, and about 20 other Facebook pages on the internet have are picking it up. So that should be a lot of fun. So hopefully it'll go viral, but not like the virus. <laughs> That's right. You know, I, we were talking the other night that we have to change that term now. Viral, <laughs> we can never use it again. It's sort of like the poor people like Katrina. Anybody named Katrina, there will never be a baby named Katrina again. Wow. So, I mean, the poor people who have hurricanes that are really bad named after them, it's like, oh, you know, their name is forever. Andrew is another one that anybody that lived in Florida knows about. Um and there's so many names that just get wiped out. I think I don't think they should name them by names anymore. It's ruining people's lives. <laughs> and remember, Katrina and the Waves was like a band. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. And what's your website too? Um, so you can go to if you look up Shauna Karish, you're going to find on Target Training, which is on dash Target dash training.com but you'll also find via nova and via nova is where i'm based out of and this is it this is a place in santa fe new mexico and we will be having workshops again someday, someday. <laughs> and we'll, so people can come here and learn and we're going out in the world and trying to teach people and focusing on the show world really right now teaching people about positive reinforcement so it continues to grow so via nova you can sign up for our website and vianovatraining.com so just look up Shauna Karish and you'll find all of that stuff there. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, thank you everybody for joining us. We really appreciate it. We'll be back tomorrow night at five o'clock. We're going to do five o'clock every night this week. We have some fun guests lined up. I just confirmed, and let me just make sure I confirmed this. I don't want to lie to you. Marsha Hartford Sapp, who you may know. Uh, she trains Mustangs and is very popular. She's been on our shows many times. Uh, she is going to be on with us on Wednesday night for sure. And we're working on some other big guests for later in the week. So we definitely want you to be involved to join us. Thank you very much for hanging out with us today and be safe, everybody. Thanks, Shauna. Thank you. Bye, you guys. <laughs>